As a pastor, I will have uh, people ask me questions from time to time, and sometimes uh, those questions are things like, uh, what am I allowed to do? Like, what, what, is, what is it okay for me to do? Am I, am I allowed to uh, skip church to go to a birthday party? Am I allowed to uh, skip church to uh, play a soccer game? Am I allowed to uh, skip church because I feel tired or those kinds of things? It, it's, it's interesting to have some of those conversations with people. What am, what am I allowed to do as a Christian? What are we supposed to do? What are we not supposed to do? And then other times I'll talk with people and uh, they don't have any of those qualms or, or uh, considerations. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, I had a late night and so I didn't make it to church today. Uh, I had something else going on and so I just didn't, didn't make it. I wasn't really feeling church today and so I didn't go to church today. And so uh, I, I just want to spend some time this morning. We're going to be uh, looking at uh, Matthew chapter 12. We had uh, been working our way through the book of Matthew up until last spring. Then we took a break for the summertime and we looked at the Psalms for a while. And now we're going to be headed back into the book of Matthew and we're going to be uh, starting in chapter 12. So if you want to find your Bibles, uh, open up the book to the New Testament in the book of Matthew uh, chapter 12 and we'll start in verse 1. And this is what happens. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. We're going to pause. I know you were just getting ready to, to keep going, right? That We barely made it through half a verse. But I just want to pause for a moment before we get to the rest of this because there's going to be, it's going to be important that you understand what the Sabbath is. It's going to be important that you understand what Sabbath is if we're going to understand the context of what's about to happen, because there's going to be some debate about the Sabbath, and if you aren't clear on what the Sabbath is, uh, then you're not going to understand the debate that's about to happen, okay? So at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Now, we started the service. I want to read these verses to you again, the, the verses that we began the service with from Genesis chapter 2. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Okay, so in Genesis uh, chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. And everything in it, right? Each day he's creating something new. He's creating the light, and then he's creating the earth, and then he's creating uh, the, the animals and the plants and everything that was in it. You, some of you are, who are very astute know I did not put those in order just now, but that's okay. God created each of those things on the six days leading up to the Sabbath day. And on the seventh day, that Sabbath day, Jesus, uh, God rested from his work. It was on that day that he had completed it and he had stepped back and he looked and he said, this is good. In fact, this is very good. What I have made is very good. And he just stopped working and appreciated what he had made. Isn't that delightful? Have you ever made something, created something, and then finished it and stepped back and just, I did it. I did it. It's done. It's done. This project, this work, this piece of art, 
this piece of music, whatever it might be, you have worked on it, and then you finished it, and you step back, and you just enjoy this thing that you have created, this thing that you have made, and that is what God did. And he made this day, this seventh day, this Sabbath day, holy. He set it apart, and he said, I'm going to set this day apart from the other days. The other days were all work days. Those were days that I created, but this is the day of appreciation. This is the day of rest. This is the day of that deep contentment and satisfaction in what has been created. And so he sets that day aside, and he sets that day aside so that we as humans might also appreciate what he has done. Right? So you have Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, all those days that he did that work, and then Saturday, that Sabbath, seventh day, he rests. And he said, I'm going to set this day aside. I'm going to set this day aside. That day is the day for remembering and just observing all that has been done in creation. In fact, again, in Exodus chapter 20, uh, we have the Ten Commandments, right? These are the, the instructions from God. These are the things that you are to do. And so this is what it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. Because in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So the instructions from Moses, or through Moses rather, from God, through Moses, to God's people is this. You should observe the Sabbath day by not doing any work. There are other days for doing work. There are six other days in a week that you can do work. You can do all the work that your heart desires to do, all the things that you feel you must do, but on that seventh day, we're going to stop and we're going to rest. And there are many people who say, okay, hang on, I still have stuff that needs to get done. Not all the stuff got done in those six days. That's a, a common problem. That, this is my recurring problem. I'm just going to push through to the end and I'm going to just finish all of the work. And you know what? The work never ends. There's always more. I have this to-do list and ne I never get to the end of the to-do list. There's always more stuff to check off. And so I have to have these kinds of rhythms. God puts this rhythm into place and he says, this is what you're going to do. On the seventh day, you're going to stop working. You're not going to do any work on that seventh day. You're just going to rest. Why? Because God did work for six days and then he stopped from his work. And he rested. And he invites us then to appreciate the things that he has created. He invites us to participate in his rest. What an awesome thing that we have this ability then to enter into the rest of God knowing he has done all of the work. He does all of the providing that we need. It is a regular rhythm that is set up weekly for us to remember that God has given us all that we need. 
And so we can rest from our work. We needn't keep working and working and working and working and working. We can pause, we can rest, we can reflect on the goodness of God. Again, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, he says uh, in verse 15, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Remember, you were slaves, you had to work. You were slaves who had to work, but now God has taken you out of slavery and he is bringing you out, and so now you have rest. It is not work all the time. Now you have rest. And so the, the Lord your God has commanded you, you must observe the Sabbath day. This was very, very important. This is very important to the, the Jewish people, to God's people in the Old Testament. It was very, very important. It was instituted in creation. It was the fourth of the Ten Commandments right after you shouldn't have any other gods and you shouldn't do it, uh, defile the name of God. Like ne The next thing is that you should observe the Sabbath day and not do any work on it. And then it's rooted, too, in God's deliverance of them from slavery. It's rooted in that as well. So therefore, you must observe the Sabbath day and do no work on that day. Okay, so now that's the context. Now we can go back to Matthew, okay? So now turn back to Matthew chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. So there they are. They are walking. I don't know why they're walking through this particular grain field or where they're coming from or where they're going necessarily. That, that isn't important to Matthew. What's important is that it is a Sabbath day. And so they're walking along, and the disciples, feeling hungry as they walk through uh, this field, find some things, and so they, they pluck the grain, and they you know, rub it between their hands to, to get the, the, the uh, grain itself, the kernel, and then they, they eat that. And they are doing this on the Sabbath day. They're hungry, and they, they just do that. There was no issue, regardless of whose field it was, if someone was traveling from one place to another and they walked through your field and they were hungry, it was permitted that you would be able to take some of that food to feed yourself as you passed through. Now, that was the expectation, that for the sake of sojourners, for the sake of travelers, people who were, were passing through, uh, you could just do that. Now, you couldn't just harvest all of it and take it for yourself, but just to satisfy your hunger as you were passing through, it was expected that you could take some of that produce and eat it as you were passing by. That was expected. But today is the Sabbath day. And as they are going through, the Pharisees observe what the disciples are doing. They observe that the disciples are what they consider to be harvesting grain and threshing it and eating it. And they're going, hang on, we're not allowed to do work. 
you are harvesting and preparing food and eating that food. You're not allowed to do that. This is very important. This is like fourth commandment level importance. You are to do no work, not you, not your wife, not your kids, not your servants, not your animals. No one is to do any work. And so the Pharisees uh, go to Jesus and they say, look it, look what your disciples are doing. Look what your disciples are doing. Now, isn't this interesting? If we look at at verse 1, it says, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And his disciples were hungry. It doesn't necessarily say that his disciples were with them, right? It doesn't say Jesus and his disciples were walking through. It says Jesus was walking through. And his disciples were hungry. Oh, apparently there were disciples there with him as he's going through. And so as his disciples are there, they do the plucking. And then what do the Pharisees do? Right? It doesn't say that Jesus is plucking things. It doesn't say that Jesus is doing anything other than walking through. Well, what do the Pharisees do? Go to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, look at what your disciples are doing. Isn't that interesting? How come they didn't yell at the disciples? Hey, Jesus' disciples, knock it off. What are you doing? No, they go to, the, to Jesus himself and they say, Jesus, your disciples, look at what they're doing. Look at what they're doing. Think of it like this. If I walk into a classroom, like I, I was at a primary school this week for a curriculum day and was walking in the classrooms and listening to teachers talk about what their goals are for the year and that sort of thing. Now, if I as a parent were to walk in during the week sometime when the students are there and all the students are jumping up and down and yelling and cheering and stuff in the classroom, I'm not going to go, hey, kids, knock that off. I'm going to turn to the teacher and I'm going to go, do you see what your students are doing? How come your students are so out of control? What's wrong with you that you're not keeping? Well, I might not say it quite that harshly. I have, in fact, been around kids before. It's very difficult to manage them. But I might say, what what is going on that you can't manage your classroom and this is what's going on? So that's what the Pharisees are doing. They're going, hey, Jesus, what's wrong with you that you can't manage your disciples? They can't be hungry for one day. They're not allowed to do work and look at the way that they are harvesting this stuff and and preparing the food and they're eating it as they're walking through here. Jesus, this is not okay. This is Sabbath day stuff. And so he responds in verse 3. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Now, of course, they had read that. They were very familiar with this. This is a story that you can find in 1 Samuel chapter 21. I'm not going to go there. You don't have to turn there right now, but you can make a note if you'd like to read the story later. And what's happened here is that uh, King Saul has been angry again with David and is after him. And so David has run away. He and some of his men, they have uh, run away. And as they are running away, they're looking for some place to, to hide, some kind of shelter, and they uh, get hungry. And so they go to Ahimelech the priest, and they say, hey, Ahimelech, we're hungry. Can you feed us? And Ahimelech says, I, 
I don't have any food. Like, I've got no bread for you. All I've got is the holy bread in the temple, the, the show bread. That's all I've got. I don't have any, like, regular people bread. This is just the holy bread that's been dedicated to God, and only priests are supposed to eat that. And David says, okay, well, can we eat that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're hungry, and it's all I have. Have you been keeping yourselves from sin? Yeah, okay, then you can, you can eat that. This was the example of David that here they have this need and what over, that overrode the necessity of having that bread be set apart, right? That this need is, is there, that they are hungry and he says, I don't have any other options and so I'm going to give this to you. And so David ate it and not only David, but he led his men to do the same. And this was acceptable. Again, he says in verse 5, Matthew chapter 12, verse 5, Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? Don't, don't you recognize that while no one is allowed to do any work, the priests are working on the Sabbath? The priests are preparing the sacrifices. The priests are preparing the food. And they're defiling, profaning the temple as they do this. They're, they're, they're ruining the Sabbath day. They are in, the priests in the temple, it says, profane the Sabbath, and yet they are guiltless. There are exceptions to the rule. He says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Jesus says, look, if you had understood the mercy of God, you would not have condemned those who don't have guilt. Do you understand, Jesus is saying, the purpose of the Sabbath? That God wants you to recognize His mercies, His grace to you. God created the heavens and everything in them. He provides for all of your needs. And so He sets this day aside for you to observe and remember and reflect on His great gifts to you. And He prefers that kind of mercy to sacrifice. You see, what happened here is that this day was set aside so that people could reflect on God's goodness. And what they did is they said, ooh, this day has been set aside so that we can prove how holy we are. This day has been set aside so that we can demonstrate to God that we should be accepted by him. 
And so they put these rules in place. The Pharisees had all kinds of rules about how far you could walk, how many steps you could take, all the things that you could and could not do in the house, all the ways that you could or could not prepare food, what you could and couldn't eat, all of these rules and regulations on the Sabbath day so that if God set it apart to make it holy, we are going to make it holier yet. We will do all that is required and then some so that God will see how holy we are and he will accept us as his people. And what Jesus is saying is, look, beyond all of those sacrifices, God is not looking for you to offer sacrifices in that way. What God is looking for is for you to observe the Sabbath and remember his provision for you. His great grace and mercy toward you. They had taken this good gift of God and had twisted it to be a thing that they had to do, a religious thing that they must do, a work that they must perform, rather than seeing it as the gift of God to them. Isn't that, isn't that unfortunate? That instead of being given a gift of rest from work, instead they just change the type of work. Oh, we're not allowed to do that kind of work, so we have to do religious work, which is not doing work. It's observing all of the rules so that we're not working. And in so doing, it becomes its own work. And not rest, not delight in what God has given, not Jesus' rest for them. You see, it's been a while since we've been in the book of Matthew, but the very end of chapter 11, the context for this uh, occurrence is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. If you back up just like a paragraph, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the context for this interaction with the Pharisees. That's the, what Jesus has just said is come to me, all of you who are tired, all of you who have been working really hard, all of you who have been stressed out, come to me and find rest and contentment for your souls. Come to me. And now in chapter 12, in verse 8, it says, For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Let me read this whole section to you again. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law 
How on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He says, David did not, was not concerned about observing all of those things when he was hungry because he knew that, that the heart of it is recognizing God's provision for him. And so if this was the way in which God provided, so be it. The priests did what was necessary to demonstrate God's mercy to the people, even if it was on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, and I am greater than David, and I am greater than the temple, because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, it might be tempting to go, oh, okay, so there were rules, but Jesus is saying, I am Lord over or reigning over the Sabbath, and so I'm able to change the rules or bend the rules or make exceptions. But I don't think that's exactly what's happening here. I think what's happening here is Jesus saying is, look, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. In the beginning, when the Sabbath was created and I rested from my creative work, the reason that I did was to enjoy what I had made for you. And I, as Lord of the, of the Sabbath, and am describing to you now, explaining to you now what the Sabbath is for. It is for you to rest. It's for you to rest. Do not make this more difficult, more complex than it needs to be. Just enjoy what I have provided for you. They leave this scene and move into the next scene. It says in verse 9, He went on from there and entered their synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? Okay, Jesus, they walked through the grain field. Some of the disciples ate, and they were, the Pharisees were pretty upset about that. These religious leaders were pretty upset about that. But Jesus says, no, you're missing the point, and I am Lord of the Sabbath. Do not accuse the guiltless of sin. And they go from there into the temple and the Pharisees are watching, and they're a little, like, keyed up already. And they see this person with a withered hand. I don't know, I don't know how we would medically diagnose that today. The, the word is, is like, shriveled, uh, like a, a leaf that's dried up and, and withered. So uh, maybe it's like uh, MS, or maybe he's had some kind of a stroke, or some kind of palsy, or something. I, I don't know, but his, his hand had no strength in it. He couldn't stretch it out. He couldn't use it. And they saw him, and they went, okay, Jesus, are you allowed to heal on the Sabbath? Now, they had all kinds of rules. They had all kinds of rules. If it was a life or death situation, you could do things to heal somebody in a life or death situation. But if it wasn't a life or death situation, then no, you couldn't heal somebody. They, they would have to wait till the next day. Then you could heal them. And so they, knowing all of these rules, are testing Jesus, going, okay, Jesus, it's the Sabbath still. 
There's somebody there obviously could use some healing. What do you think about that? Can you heal on the Sabbath? And he says to them, which of you who has a sheep and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath will not take hold of it and lift it out? Okay, you ask me a question, I'll ask you a question. You ask me, can I heal on the Sabbath? So I'll ask you, if you have an animal that falls in a pit, but it's Sunday, are you going to get the animal out? Are you going to pull that sheep out of the pit? Well, yeah, they, they definitely would. They took very good care of their animals. And they, they would know that if that were to happen to their animal, if it fell into a pit, even if it was the Sabbath day, out of love for and compassion for that animal, they would care for that animal and get it out of the pit. Even if it was a Sabbath day, they would need to do that. That's, that's the proper care taking of animals. So he says, of how much more valuable is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It is permitted to do good on the Sabbath. It is allowed to do good on the Sabbath. And these are sometimes the questions that I get as a pastor. Am I allowed to do this? As a Christian, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to go to this party? Am I allowed to watch this show? Am I allowed to do... Jesus says... Let's, let's talk about principles here. Is it right, is it good to do what is good on the Sabbath? Yeah. Yeah, if, if someone needs mercy and compassion, we don't tell them, oh, you know what, I could help you, but you came on the wrong day. Sorry, we're closed today. You'll have to come back tomorrow. No. It is right when we are reflecting on the provision and mercies of God to do good on the Sabbath. And so he says to the man in verse 13, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored healthy like the other. There wasn't wasn't a, a question about whether or not Jesus could heal this man. Right? Here's a guy with this this hand that is not functioning properly, and there wasn't a question in their mind or in Jesus' mind about whether or not Jesus was able to heal him. The only question in their mind was, is it proper to heal him on the Sabbath? Or should he wait until tomorrow? This guy, it doesn't even say that this guy, lots of people were coming to Jesus looking for healing. This guy was just in the temple on the Sabbath for worship. He didn't say anything about, hey Jesus, could you heal me as long as we're here? He's just there worshiping God, delighting in the Sabbath on what God has provided for him. And it is the Pharisees wanting to test Jesus who pushed the issue. They are the ones who bring it up and provoke Jesus to action. Hey, Jesus, are you going to heal him? Because it's the Sabbath and you probably shouldn't do that on the Sabbath. We wouldn't do that. And Jesus says, Sir, can you stretch out your hand? 
Yes, yes, I can. Yeah. It is good to be merciful on the Sabbath. It is good to be compassionate on the Sabbath. It is good to do good on the Sabbath. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, and he has done all of the work that is required. When he says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, it is because he himself has offered himself as the sacrifice for us. We have a sin issue that separates us from God, and Jesus says, I am going to be the sacrifice that makes you holy. You no longer, you don't have to perform works. You don't have to perform religious works to be accepted by God because I have offered myself as a sacrifice for you. So what are we allowed to do? Well, interestingly, because Jesus has offered himself as a sacrifice, we now celebrate on the Lord's Day. The day that Jesus rose from the dead. The first day of the week, we gather and we celebrate because we recognize that Jesus offers his rest to us. And so we come on the Lord's Day to worship. It is appropriate when we do that to find rest in Him. It is appropriate when we do that to delight in the good things that He has given to us, His mercies and His compassion and His provision. It is appropriate for us. It isn't about what is allowed or permitted. It is God's gift to us and was his gift to us from the very beginning. In creation, he provided rest from work for us. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. They had their way of doing things, and here comes Jesus with a new way. Jesus who says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, and I want to tell you, you should be delighting. You should be delighting in what I have offered you on the Sabbath. And they went, no, you are defiling it. We have to do the works, and you are leading people astray. Their issues with him were not simply that he was eating on the Sabbath as the, and picking grain as they walked through. It was not simply that he was healing on the Sabbath, but that his disciples were following in his footsteps, that he was teaching that this was the appropriate thing to do, and that is what they could not stand. They went, we have got to get rid of this guy. We've got to get rid of this guy. He is flipping holiness on its head. Pretty soon, no one is going to be observing the Sabbath anymore. He's going to just tell them that they are brought in by the mercy and compassion of God, and no one is going to do the religious things that make, it, make them right before God anymore. 
Because they did not get what Jesus was saying. And I want you to get what Jesus is saying. It is not about what we must do. There are not those religious observances and works that we must do to earn God's favor. There are not those there. Jesus has fulfilled all of the requirements for us. The temptation then is to go, sweet, I don't have to do anything. Sweet, I'm going to have a day of rest. And my day of rest is going to be a day of leisure and sleeping in. But the reason that God set that day aside is so that we might observe it, that we might observe what he has offered to us, that we might observe what he has created for us, that we might observe his provision for us, that we might observe his compassion and his mercy and his grace toward us, his sacrifice for us, so that we undeserving sinners might be welcomed into his presence. And why? Why would we thumb our nose at a gift like that? It is a day that we can observe and remember all that God has done for us and we can experience it practically because we get to rest from our works Every time I rest from my work, whether that's on a Saturday or a Sunday or I'm taking a vacation and it's an extended rest from work, any time that I do that, it is a reminder to me that God has done all that is required. It's not easy for me to do. It might not be easy for you to do either. You feel like there's so much stuff that needs to be done. How can I take a break from it? How do I not feel guilty about all the things that are left undone? And that is why we need this regular rhythm, this regular time when we spend time in God's Word, when we come and we gather in this place, and when we just observe God's goodness to us so that we can remember that we are small and our efforts are small and our ability to provide for ourselves is weak. But God has given us abundantly more than we have asked for or even deserved. And so I want to encourage you to build into your life a rhythm that regularly reflects on the goodness of God and His provision for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come here to this place on Sunday mornings, that this be a part of our rhythms. When we worship you and acknowledge all that you have done for us. And so we ask that all the worries, all the anxieties, all the cares, all the burdens that we carry, Lord, that we might be able to put them down and take on the yoke of Jesus, and in him find rest. And in our rest, Lord, may we delight in your presence, 
and sing your praises today and tomorrow and forevermore. Amen.